Well, a guy who absolutely deserves to have a society or an organization named for him, or even a hummingbird or a song sparrow, Mr. Larry Weber. Good morning. Oh, yeah, I, uh, I appreciate that introduction, but if I had to choose a critter to be named after me, I would choose a kind of spider, but uh, that's another story. Anyway... Uh, welcome to November. We missed you last week. And so uh, I want to take a little time to look back at a few things. Uh, first of all, we ended October, and October was another month that was warmer than normal. This was considerably warmer than normal. I think it just kind of sneaked up on us because we didn't have any hot days, but the average temperature was no less than about six degrees above normal, which is pretty amazing for a month. Uh, Precipitation-wise, we were again below normal, but not that much below normal. Uh, if you compare it to last year, last year we had a very strange October. We started out warm. We ended up very cool, and we had a, a, a good amount of snow, uh, one of the snowiest Octobers ever. By the time we got to November, it would start to warm up. Now, let's take a look back to where we were a year ago. The forecast for today says temperatures might get into the 50. Okay, that is a, that is a pleasant temperature for November. Uh, the average high is in the low 40s. Well, a year ago, we were basking in 70s for a couple of days. Matter of fact, there's a record set on the 6th of 75 degrees. Not only was it a record for that date, it was a record for the warmest temperature ever recorded in November. Yeah, that was a year ago. Now, to go back two years ago, and we were dealing with the beginning of freeze-up. We had temperatures less than 10 degrees. And yes, there was ice forming. I even stood on ice in about the 7th of November. So November is a tough one to forecast. You know, if we had to give it a name, I came up, you know, I like these alliterations for months. And it's a little hard to find one for November. So I made up my own word. And that is a non-predictable month. It is a tough one. <laughs> and it might be snow. It might be warm. It might be freeze-up. It might not. I can remember years where I was paddling on the lake on the early December. So, yes, strange month to forecast. But we do have some things that we are going to be able to forecast. Number one. The days continue to get shorter, and not today and not tomorrow, but on Sunday, we will change our clocks. We will have 25 hours in the day on Sunday, and I suggest for all your listeners out there, they take that extra hour and listen to KUMB. And because of that, we are going to start having daylight earlier. Right now, the sun rises at about 8 o'clock. After we change our clocks, the sun will rise at about 7 o'clock. No, the days are not going to get longer because the time is going to be taken off the other end. And right now, instead of having a sunset that is near 6 p.m., we are going to have a sunset that is actually a little bit before 5 p.m. And that early darkness may take a little while to get used to, but I think we will do just fine. Anyway, that's something, a prediction that that we can say will happen. 
we're also at a very interesting time. And I think this early darkness is going to be cool because we are interesting time right now in the uh, moon cycle. We are at the new moon and stargazing is just spectacular. I've been going out every night lately and taking a look. The stars are just easy to see. And as I said, with the early darkness, we don't have to stay up uh, too many hours to do so. And uh, there are things like Jupiter still clearly visible. Uh, there's also, this is also a good month for Aurora, and some have been seeing Aurora. That's, uh, that's always a cool thing when you get into November. We're also getting, because of the shorter days, uh, migration going on. Hawkridge has been having the usual November migration, which mostly includes bald eagles. And bald eagles sometimes in November can be quite a large number. But in addition to bald eagles, there's a lot of red-tailed hawks. There's a good number of rough-leg hawks that are coming through. And then there's some golden eagles and goshawks as well. These are the late-season migrants at Hawk Ridge. What I have been extremely impressed with, though, is that besides counting the raptors and identifying the raptors, uh, the counters also identify and count other birds, non-raptors. And, of course, that might mean geese and ducks and so forth, but it also means songbirds. And there has been a great good number of the wintering songbirds that have been coming by, things such as snow bunting. Pine grosbeak, which we saw only limited in the last couple of years, purple finches, uh, crossbills, bohemian waxwings, and then there is this huge number of red poles. Every day, uh, they seem to count well over a thousand. And they be coming, they're coming down from the north. And when we have that, we have what we call a red pole winter where they just become numerous. Now, they're wonderful to watch at the bird feeder, but they don't go to bird feeders right away. I usually don't expect red poles to show up at the bird feeder until around Christmas or New Year's. Instead, what they do is they go to the alders and the birches, and that's where they find their seeds when they first come down here. I'm hoping, however, they will come to bird feeders because they sure add a lot to a winter day. So something uh, terrific to look forward to as we get further away from November. Larry, uh, haven't yeah. Larry, haven't you been looking for red poles? It seems that I recall a certain amount of angst from you over the last couple of winters. You've been looking for red poles, and you haven't seen them. So are you encouraged no, no, a little bit? That's, uh, that's that's quite slightly off record. Uh, I have seen them. I just did not get them at the bird feeder. Not every winter is a red pole winter. And we get three possibilities. Number one, they don't show up at all. Number two, they might show up, but they only sporadically go to bird feeders, and that's what it was last year. And then the other one, of course, is that they show up and they do go to bird feeders. They are among the finches that feed on thistle seed, and so that to get them at the bird feeders, that's what I usually am putting out is thistle seed. And no, that uh, not, not I won't say that I always look for them. I like to see them every winter. I think they're just a terrific winter bird. Uh, but, of course, there's other things going on besides that. This is also the time where... Uh, with the early darkness, uh, flying squirrels will often start to show up at the feeder. I'll say more about that uh, in the next couple weeks. I had a, a surprising sighting one day this week on the 31st when I saw a frog. 
near, it was still alive. It was hopping not far from a lake. It was a leopard frog. Leopard, we have uh, eight kinds of uh, frogs and toads in uh, the area. Of those eight, three of them, leopard frog, mink frog, and green frog, will winter underwater in the muck underneath the water. Uh, This was a leopard frog, and it was near the water. It was probably going to make it okay, but it just stayed out kind of long. Mink frogs and green frogs don't go very far from water, but the leopard frogs will sometimes go quite a ways from water. But it was still an interesting sighting to see on the 31st. And then yesterday during my walk, I saw a moth. This is a late-season moth. I've talked about those in recent weeks. I call them World Series moths, and they're out about the time of the World Series. And uh, they are flying. We'll see them. We'll see them again in these next couple of days and, and nights. They are flying very late in the season. They don't feed, so they don't have to look for food. They're mostly out there looking for breeding. And uh, they, I think it's an interesting adaptation because they are active at a time when there's not a lot of predators to feed on them. Also, I saw the dancing crane flies. Dancing crane flies are really cool. Uh, that is not their name. That's a name that I've given them. Uh, they go through the same thing. They're late in the season. They, they're out there seeking a mate, and they go through this flight this undulating flight going up and down where the males are trying to outdo the other males to breed with uh, females. And this happens usually this time of year in the late afternoon, and I've watched that the last couple of days. Also in the late afternoon with the sun being low and no leaves on the trees, if you just look toward the sun, never look at the sun, but if you look toward, toward the sun, below the sun, you will see threads, and those threads are the what I call travel threads of the spiders. They, they move around, and as they move around, they lay down a thread, and that's, that's just what we see. Uh, another interesting thing that happened in the last few days, and I was amazed how quickly this happened. One week ago today, I visited several swamps that had really good growths of uh, tamaracks that were still yellow and gold. Well, those same places I walked by the last couple of days, and they're almost completely bare. The tamaracks have run their course. They are now dropping their needles. They are the only conifer that we have that drops all of its needles at the same time in autumn. They are, however, there are some trees that still remain with leaves. Probably the most obvious around Duluth are the weeping willows and silver maples, both of both big trees, and both hang on to leaves as we get into November. Then there are the smaller swamp maples. Then there are a couple of non-natives that are very common. One of them we like in our yard, the lilac, and the other one we don't appreciate, buckthorn. Both of them are still green right now. If that's not enough, there are some plants in the woods that are holding red leaves, and most notably are the blueberries. They've just been great lately. I went by a patch yesterday that the leaves were all still bright red. They do so because the the mild temperatures of autumn and the delay of hot wind has brought plenty of sight, plenty of light all the way down to the forest floor, and therefore the blueberries can produce their red leaves to survive better in this sunlight. 
And if that's not enough, we still have plenty of fungi out there we're seeing. You know, this is, I've said this before, but hot wind is just an outstanding time to take a walk in the woods. And yes, hot wind will continue now, according to the forecast, at least for another week or two. Uh, anyway, it's an outstanding time. And you see a lot of green plants that are still out there, mosses, club mosses, ferns. And then there are some flowering plants like pyrola and uh, uh, and hepatica and uh, wintergreen that are also still holding green leaves. So, uh, yeah, Lisa, we have an extra hour on sunlight uh, on Sunday. We should take advantage of it by listening to KUMP or taking a walk in the woods or maybe uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. If you've got the right gear, you can do them both at the same time, and that's maybe the best way to do it. So the the spider, the Larry Weber spider, would be called like the Larry spider, and then it wouldn't no. spin a web. That, it would spin not, a Weber. That's not how it's done. Oh, come uh, on. I don't, know, I don't know what was done formerly with a lot of these birds that are named after people, but in the modern taxonomy, Nobody ever names something after themselves. That is just not done. No, of course not, Larry. This is a spider I'm going to discover. Oh, all right. Okay. And I'm going to name it the Larry spider, and then it will spin a Weber. That That sounds more feasible, but even that, I think, is stretching it a little bit too far. Let's just look at them and don't worry about naming them, okay? <laughs> have, have, a, have a good day. Take care. Thank you, Larry. Larry Weber, a tremendous good sport and our regular host for Backyard Almanac, a feature of Fridays right here on Northland Morning.